Welcome to the Jersey Arts Podcast. I'm Susan Wallner. Somebody to Love by Queen is the first of many songs that are the soundtrack to a new play called Band on the Run. It's a feel-good buddy movie and a romantic comedy written by playwright Chris Saglin-Benny. Chris has cerebral palsy, and the fact that he's in a wheelchair is part of the play, but it's not what the play is about. You could say it's about friendship and love conquering all, especially when video games, music, and pizza are added into the mix. Chris is here with me today, along with Heather Williams, Performing Arts Coordinator of the Arts Access Program at Metheny. Welcome to you both. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having us. Chris, your play Band on the Run stars a guy named Chris who's in a wheelchair. Is it about you? Um, Band on the Run is loosely based on my life. Um, the reason you hear about a pizzeria in the play is um, because my father's uh, my father has been working at a pizzeria for 30 years. And I basically, part of my life was spent in there going to work with him and interacting with a lot of the uh, staff members that work there. Um, I, I remember some of my early years were spent in the corner of the store with, with a little colored television on top of the t- table and the Sega Genesis hooked up to it. So whenever they went on break, uh, somebody would come over and play me in a game and that's pretty much, we went around and around the whole the whole day like that until my dad got off work. So the pizzeria is very much a nod to those years. But yes, Band on the Run, Band on the Run is loosely based on my life. Heather, what is your role in this production? And can you tell me what the working process has been like? Sure. So my role for Plays by People is just to oversee that all of the technical aspects, the rehearsal process, and everything goes smoothly. Um, We work closely with um, the Premier Stages group from Kane University. They're an equity group, and they uh, provide the actors that are going to bring Chris's play to life. Every year, we call this event Plays by People, and this is the first time that we've ever featured a single play. Last year, we had four different excerpts from Works in Progress, so um, it's really an exciting um, project for us having Chris featured this year. Um, But the whole event is part of the New Jersey Theatre Alliance's Stages Festival. Last year, Chris, you presented an excerpt of this play, from what I understand. What made you want to turn it into this full-length feature production? Well, to be quite honest, uh, when I was approached last year to be a part of the Stages Festival, and Heather brought it up to me that they want to do that, and I said to myself, I don't even remember, I don't even remember writing this. I don't even remember where I was, you know, in the writing process of it. And I, they did it. They did a great job. And as soon as, uh, as soon as they did it, we had to talk back for the, the uh, audience really took to it and it made people laugh. So I had been known for a lot of stage combat. I was, I was very, I do a lot of action and drama related plays. So I thought it would be great to showcase my other my other talents to the people as well because they clearly they walked away laughing. I it's, 
standing ovation the whole nine yards. And so I said, let me take this ball and run with it. I saw you featured in the video that the Arts Access Program did, which was, which was great. And um, in that, you're describing creating paintings with your wheelchair tires, like going through the paint and then onto canvas. So you've been involved in some of the other arts programs here as well. What got you into experimenting with these different art forms? Well, let it be known that I have not ever painted with my tires. I've seen other people do it. <laughs> tires are way too expensive these days to be just throwing paint on, all right? Uh, but so much of art is experimentation and letting letting the proverbial shackles just fall off. Like I said, I'm influenced by a lot of things that are involved in like pop culture. Um, so I came up with the idea of paint grenades uh, simply because I liked the movie Iron Man at the t time and throwing things that make messes just it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot of fun it's I'm not gonna lie it's a ton of fun and like I said 90% of art is experimentation have fun and make a mess and if eventually have people hanging in their house and, and give them joy, that's what I live for. That's great. Heather, what is it that makes the Arts Access Program as successful as it is? For instance, some of the work by Metheny's visual artists was shown and sold at Sotheby's recently. Absolutely. So the beauty of the Arts Access Program is we have mechanisms in place that allow anybody the ability to create fine art. Um, somebody who is not necessarily verbal can still make choices and those choices can indicate what goes on the canvas, what goes into the dance space. Somebody who doesn't have full use of their body can still dance, they can still move and they can still express the joy that it comes from moving. Somebody who has wild imagination can create poetry by using the charting system um, that we have in place that uses simple word groups um, to make selections and eventually form sentences or poetry or short stories. So we have spent a great deal of time creating the tools to make it accessible to everybody and that's what makes us truly special. I have to tell you that when, when I first came here I had trouble under, understanding how this works. But once once the whole facilitation process was was shown to me, and you know, we once we spoke about what the facilitation uh, what the facilitators do in terms of helping you get the art on the canvas, it was cut and dry. And you've just gone with it ever since. Yes, I've been involved with Arts Access for I think the better part of 20 years. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. I found art after my mother's uh, passing. It was either be angry and miserable for the rest of my life or channel that negative energy into something positive. And I've chosen to do that. And for that, I'm incredibly grateful to Arts Access and their place in my life. Wow. 
getting back to something a little lighter <laughs> um i'm really curious about the songs in your play i mean wow that's like uh that's quite a playlist you have there it is a soundtrack all in its own yeah. it is and i think you should put it together as a playlist that people can just play but um i've been thinking about putting it on spotify yeah there you go. yeah definitely <laughs> Tell me about one of the songs and its meaning to you. Why did you decide to include like a song in your in your play? I'll do you one better. I'll give you two. Um, <laughs> somebody loved by Queen. I think everybody everybody wants somebody to love. That line in the song is tried and true. I think the complexity of Queen songs is just amazing. I have yet to see Bohemian Rhapsody. I really want to. Freddie Mercury and everyone else in the band is just sublime. The music is is just great from the from the pianos to Brian May's guitar. I mean, it's it's all it all just it's so seamless. Um, and for Enter Sandman by Metallica. Um, Metallica has played a huge role in my life. Um, not to go darker again, but after her passing again, I found Metallica's music and it brought me into this level of comfort. And I've been following the band ever since. And uh, the Black Album, which is the album that Enter Sandman is on, you know, was the soundtrack to my life for a little bit. For this particular project, Chris is involved, he's the writer, he's performing in it, he is also has a hand in the directing of it, so it's not very often that an actor wears all three hats in a single production. So he is giving, he has been given this experience to sort of try his hand at all of the different parts that go into making one production. Unless you're Stallone and Rocky, I don't think you can wear that wear that hat very well. Right. This is the first public staged reading yes. of the full-length play Band on the Run. It's not, if I have permission to say this, it's not completely full-length. I have made some cuts. There, there were some scenes that were longer. Some characters that had very minor roles to, you know. Um, my goal is to have people in this auditorium feel comfortable and watch a, watch a play and laugh. So one thing that Chris has now come to realize is that when you produce something full length, sometimes you need to make decisions to edit for something like for the sake of time. You know, yeah. we're trying to keep this particular showing within two hours for the comfort of our audience. And, you know, that might mean cutting certain scenes that, you know, you are especially 
attached to, but that's all yes. part of the process. And going through this process has exposed you to that side of directing. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very, uh, it's a bittersweet process because <laughs> at the same time, you write scenes that you really, really like and you feel really flow and are essential to the plot. But when it comes to time constraints, you really need to to decide, well, you know, X, Y, and Z. Uh, but I will say that one of the uh, facilitators, Stephen, actually, uh, showed me a video on YouTube about how Star Wars was saved through the editing process. And it really put it into pers to perspective why I need to, I need to do this. So I kind of owe him for opening my eyes in that, in that, uh, in that regard. And that's also the beauty of a staged reading because that gives the audience the opportunity to give you feedback afterwards and you can take it to heart and you can go back to the editor's table or you know stay true to who you are and kind of keep scenes that you feel very strongly about. So it'll be interesting to see what the audience reaction is. Last year it propelled you to create this. Yes. Who knows what this staged <laughs> reading is going to make you do. Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because like I said, uh, when Heather brought it to me the first time, I, she can tell you I honestly didn't remember the work. It had been something that he had worked on years ago. Oh, And we really? resurrected it because it was so clever. Oh. And I thought the audience would really resonate with all of the music. Once we did the first uh, reading of it, the first uh, showcasing, rather. I was inspired, and this whole thing pretty much came together in a matter of months. I mean, not not the uh, not the performance of, it, but the script of it came together in a matter of, in a matter of months. I buckled down, buckled down, and came down here every night to work on the script. Some, and we came up. I came up with a finished product that I really enjoyed. And, you know, like I said, we had to go through the editing process, which was a little bit painstaking because I had to <laughs> take some cool characters out of there, but there's always room for a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Bands on the Run, part two. Part two. Yeah. Band on the Run, excuse me, part two. Yeah. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Heather and Chris, and break a leg this Saturday. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if I may... Uh, for all the subscribers that listen to your podcast, I'm also on YouTube at two different channels. You can find me at uh, Chris Games a lot for my gaming channel. Games a lot is one word, and you can find my vlogging channel at Differently Abled on YouTube. It's a Differently Abled. Yes. Just search that on YouTube. Yes. Anybody? Chris Saglin Benny's first full-length work, Band on the Run, will be performed Saturday, March 23rd at the Robert Schoenhorn Arts Center at Metheny Medical and Education Center in Peapack. It's part of the annual Stages Festival presented by the New Jersey Theatre Alliance throughout the month of March. For more information, visit stagesfestival.org. For more information about all of the arts, visit jerseyarts.com. I'm Susan Wolner for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening. I have spent all my years in believing you. 
The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.